listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. I'm your rock star realtor, Jen Justice. I'm Katie Salmon. And Becky Mullies. All right, and we are here with our bi-monthly, every other month episode of Today's Dream, where we are going to tell you about what's going on in the Kansas City real estate market in the last couple of months, maybe some projections for the future, and then a little bit of peek behind the curtains, what's going on in our businesses now, just kind of a day in the life. So welcome and strap in. It's going to be a fun episode. Lots of cool things happening. All right, so let's start with the overview, uh, just in terms of uh, the numbers that we have, uh, which of course are going to be uh, July numbers. August numbers aren't out yet. Uh, So Jen, have you got those pulled up? I do. I was actually just taking a quick look at Lawrence Yun's because you said projections. Yeah. And of course, I always look to Dr. Lawrence Yun with the National Association of Realtors for all those. And uh, overall, just a quick snippet of that since I've got it up. Home prices are accelerating again. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I know we've mentioned this on other podcasts, but the national news will sometimes say home prices are dropping. You can always find somebody who's predicting a crash. Uh, however, the numbers just don't support it. And the reality is, is that when you look at overall U.S., there probably has been a small dip, but that has been focused in on some major metropolitan areas, in particular San Francisco and New York City, which affect just because of volume affect the country in a, in a massive way. In Kansas City, that has not happened, nor is it projected to happen. No, we've leveled off pretty well. One of the other things I found interesting, and I'm not a big Shark Tank person, but I think that those people on Shark Tank tend to know what they're doing in business. They seem to have a repertoire for being very successful and picking successful things as a rule. And the gal that's on there said something about real estate. Do you know who the gal's name is, somebody? Nah, I've actually There's never seen Shark Tank. There's a few of them, so which one the are you talking Barbara? about? The lady, the blonde lady, I think it was, that's really... The younger one? <laughs> like the, the short blonde hair? I digress, but the lady on Shark Tank, who was named in a, in a pretty viral post, said that you should get in real estate immediately because... The supply crisis has not solved itself, which is accurate. She's That's right a, about that. Certainly, we and experienced that, that. When interest rates draw back again, which is theoretically predicted because inflation is getting under control, that the real estate market will go gangbusters again. Mm-hmm. So that's what the word on that street was. Um, even though I'm sorry, I can't remember all the details. Friends, I don't watch TV. I know <laughs> I say that, but I know generally about Shark Tank, and I know that these people are, you know, business-minded folks. Educated. And that was what they said. Right. So, yeah. so they they also are um, optimistic. If that's optimism, right? Uh, because you know we talk about you know. A year and a half ago or a year ago, the the difference between unimaginable and hair on fire. Uh, but certainly uh, that will continue to uh, drive prices up, uh, which is, is great from an uh, investment, from uh, a perspective of your net worth. It's not so great if you're trying to look into obtainable housing, uh, if you know, first-time ho- housing. So there's pluses and minuses to all shifts in the market. Uh, but we certainly don't expect... 
there to be, uh, there has not been a decline. There's been a decline in de- um, in demand. But interest rates are probably driving that. Yeah. What they but were. there has not been a decline in prices. No, not at in, all. In Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And to be honest. Has it, there ever historically been any drops in pricing? Yeah, in 2008. Yeah. The foreclosure okay. market, we definitely saw a pullback and that was pretty much nationwide. Yeah. Well, that was actually a worldwide crisis, but that was all created by uh, predatory lending. Predatory yeah. lending <laughs> practices that now uh, none of those circumstances create uh, or exist now, or at least very few of them. Uh, so we're certainly not looking for that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, the Dodd-Frank Act, which is a federal law, uh, was put into place to keep some of that from ever happening again. And we right now do not have uh, the same number of defaults and all of these kinds of things. So back then we had um, a large number of 30, 60, 90 day defaults on mortgages that we could see going into that to predict that foreclosure crisis. Mm-hmm. We do not have that right now. We have strong equity positions pretty much across the country. We have, you know, historically some of the largest wealth pieces that we've ever had in home ownership because values have gone uh, very healthy for that. And mm-hmm. to say there has still been an increase in our local market. So the total HMLS market right now, year to date from July, has had a 4% increase. So we went from 346.909 in 2002 to three sixty nine forty seven here in two thousand and three. So that's I almost said two thousand and seven. <laughs> I have no idea why I almost said that, but that's what I was. <laughs> the, uh, and so that's the uh, and the median value, uh, home value. Average. Average. Average home Not value. Not median. Right. So if you want to go median, yeah. median sales price um, right now in twenty twenty three in July three oh five. 305, which right, is so. a 2.3% increase uh, from July of last year. Which that that's what I would suspect. And uh, I, I don't need to make this a math lesson, but if you don't know the difference between average and median, uh, uh, give me a, an email or a text and I'll help you out. Um, <laughs> Days on market, and this is becoming more of a trend. So for right. my sellers out there, you are not having a drawback in the market that is un realistic or anything else um if your house is not selling over the weekend anymore okay i know that everybody's freaking out because my house didn't sell in two days i'm dealing with that personally with some sellers but it's okay friends it's okay your house selling in two days isn't normal that was not normal normal, and this is even not normal but right now so last year it would have been 18 days on market right now it's 32 days on market and 32 still ridiculously short Mm-hmm. By the way, it gives you more time to plan, friends. It gives you a little time to breathe, right? Right. right. And, and Just look at it as a good thing. We've talked about this. Yeah, I mean, it, it was for, uh, let's call it your average, um, I don't know, middle class home. I don't know what that is anymore, but let's say we're talking about a three hundred and fifty to $400,000 home or even probably two seventy-five dollars to $400,000 home. It was nothing, you know, pre-COVID interruption for those to be on the market for 30, 60 days, right? And and that was typical. People would- Or longer. Or longer. People yeah. would come and they would see the house a couple of times. You know, this is a pretty big financial decision. And and then we shifted to this, yeah, you get 30 minutes and you have to have an offer in in the next 45 minutes after you've seen it. Um, and somehow we've uh, adopted that as if we're not doing that, something's wrong with our house. And- 
I love the fact that we're able to take our clients in more than once on many occasions. Now, yeah, here's the thing with that. Um, it's exactly what Eric just said, which is that we had a client who actually got to go see their house twice before they even decided to put in an offer, had time to think about the offer, then we put it in. And then um, people think that if the house was sitting for so long that there was issues. Well, so we long. did an inspection and guess what? It was really good, actually. So, so long. Yeah, yeah, I know. Not even, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> it was on the mark. Two decades into this. So, so, and I, so I, long was like six, eight months. That was so long. Right. And I still think, yeah. well, I think the offer was made right at the 30 day mark. So, yeah. so long. Yeah, yeah, so long. So long. Now, let's be realistic, though, in certain price ranges and in, in certain neighborhoods or parts of the city. And then with houses that are either redone well or have been maintained well, mm-hmm. those still fly off the market. So there are. I have not been seeing that as much, and we, I can't think of a, a specific example right now that I've seen. Um, well, I guess we do have one where they went on the market on was it Thursday? Yes. And client looked at the house, made an offer. However, client was the only offer until Sunday. So instead of competing with 20, they only ended up competing with one other. But of course, the agent on the other side was able to say, oh, multiple offers and aggressive and blah, blah, blah. And then that particular individual on the other side stripped everything else out of their offer. And our client couldn't do that. So there we were. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we we've seen so um, we've seen in some of the showings we've done, you know, day zero, day one showings, we've seen a couple of those go off the market right away. Uh, but again, it's very particular. Either they're they're priced very attractively, mm-hmm. or they're redone very attractively, but still in that. Um, that uh, uh, obtainable range for most people. <laughs> so that three fifty and under price point is still tough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if you're finding good stuff in there uh, that that uh, is high quality, uh, yeah, they're going to go fast. But um, but but things that uh, have the appearance of having problems, and and the minute. Something gets. This is good for buyers, to be honest. The minute something gets past a week, then they can probably come in with a more aggressive offer than they could have and in the last few years. And how wonderful was it for a first-time home buyer to be able to go look at that house two times, mm-hmm. to actually have inspections, and to sleep on it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's healthy. Yes. yes. When yeah. it's your largest financial investment, that's healthy. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I appreciate that this market has been great for sellers, but in some ways it's been stressful for sellers too, because when you throw 20 offers at a seller that hasn't done this in five to 10 years, and there's an overwhelming amount of paperwork and contracts, it's stressful for them too, even though mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of money. So I That's just really true. feel like the balanced market is a good thing for all of us. It's going to make the agents probably better to work with. And, you know, people are going to feel is, which good is and I... be happy and smile. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's why I said at the beginning, if right, if the uh, if the business people on Shark Tank are predicting it to get wild again, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure how great that is. You've heard me say. I'm just telling you what they said. Yeah. Time... I'm not saying it's oh, good. Oh, yeah. You've heard and me I say time like... and time again that those markets, in my opinion, are not really great for anyone and they're not good for real estate in general. General, so, no, I agree. but I could be on an island with that opinion. So. <laughs> no, I'm going to guess that you're not. 
Hey, uh, hey, Katie. Um, yeah. I you you just closed a, a deal that you've been working Yay. on a long time. Closed yesterday. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, uh, any any insights or anything you want to share about uh, the nature of that? Because I know you've been working on it for a while. Yes. Yeah, so um, you know this family. They were a really great family to work with, and they had some pretty specific needs. But I would say my biggest takeaway from that was we were patient. Um, We didn't rush into a bad situation just to get them into a home. And ultimately, it was the right thing for them, obviously, because they ended up getting an amazing home at a good seller to work with. Great seller, great co-op. And they got all of the things that they wanted they didn't have to compromise on um, the quality of the home or the location or anything like that so I would say that definitely they were patient and they trusted me and we had a lot of really in-depth conversations about things Um, but I mean we looked at over 40 homes and over what period of time um over about three months that we actively looked there were several months that we uh after looking at some disclosures and stuff we were just like okay this isn't gonna work and we didn't even really bother with the actively looking but actively looking it was over 40 homes and and they made several offers too yes and i mean in one day we we did 12 homes because they were getting close to the end of their pre-approval period and they were getting really nervous. So we did look at over 12 homes in one day and that was very stressful. Yeah, that's too many. (laughs) Forget the few. We don't even know it. We do not recommend that. (laughs) We recommend five or less. Yeah. Yeah. It was super crunch time and I mean, they were great, but after that, I was like, okay, we can't ever do that again. (laughs) And uh, live and learn, right? So we ended up finding the home that day, though, thank God. And um, yeah, they closed yesterday. They're very happy, and I'm very happy for them. So, you know, that highlights a couple of things that we should point out. Um, we, We don't typically do a lot of selling of ourselves on this podcast because it's educational for you. Um, but uh, sometimes we'll, we'll give you some things to ask uh, other realtors, but I'm just going to come out and say it, right? I mean, that's a philosophy you need to make sure that your realtor has. And at Dream Properties Real Estate, we definitely have that philosophy, which is this is not a we get you in, we get you out. I mean, if that works out, that's great for, for you and not, not bad for us. But what's most important is is that we take the time that you need to make sure that you're making the right decision. And if that's 40 homes over multiple months, right, which is a, a lot of work and effort on everybody's part, their part and yours as well, then that's what we do, right? That's what a great realtor does. That's imperative with investors, too. And I work with a ton of investors because I'm an investor myself. But I have so many people that have never seen a home that they have bought but I have had them turn down 20 homes before we got to the one that I was like, okay, this is reasonable to make an offer on because of X, Y, and Z. Right, because they're- You have to uh, have that. If you've got a a non-present investor, and of course we've talked about non-present buyers who are going to live in it. Right, We've had podcasts about that, but you've got to establish that ability to 
truly work in their best interests. And you know, right. if we if best interest is making money, and if our best interest is making money as fast as we can, then telling them this probably isn't a good deal for you, which only somebody who can you know is pretty experienced in the investment world can say that without uh, their buyer present, um, then then that's the right thing to do. So yeah, we hold right. true to our core values. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Becky, now you and I have been co-oping on uh, a deal recently that's mm-hmm. under contract. I'm going to let you talk about that. Uh, what what uh, What's coming out of that experience that people might be interested in? Um, so here's the conversation I was just having recently with someone is um, I had I was talking to Eric about because we're going to come up on closing here in about three weeks. And so. Um, I was asking Eric, like, can we do predictions for what we think closing costs are going to be? And, of course, like, we'll get those statements later on and whatnot. Um, But what shocks me, I think, the most is the amount of money that you do have to have to buy a house. Now, of course, you have to get approved. And, of course, to do that, you have to have good financial standings um, and be reliable. Um, But, honestly, for how much you have to have down, if you're doing a – we have – not to spill any – details but it's an FHA and we're doing 3.5 percent down and so in addition to that and then closing costs and then um, as well as inspections he's really not you're not draining the bank account as much as you think you would be and I think that's really impressive but uh, yeah he's a first-time home buyer and really excited he I honestly think we got um along with hard work um I think we did get pretty lucky with the house that we saw and so so a couple of things there, right? So you mentioned like you were at first. I thought you were talking about like how much it takes to get a home, but really you were taking. You know, there's that misnomer out there that it's I'm, not twenty percent. And and by the way, I was talking to uh, a, a gentleman just the other day who was like, "Well, I I want to do it, but you know, twenty percent down, I can't do." And I went, "Hang on a minute. Let's take a deep breath. You do not have to have twenty percent down." Mm-mm. And and you know there are advantages to having twenty percent down. Don't get me wrong. And so let's work the math, and then you can make a, a more informed decision. And so, you know, we're having coffee next week, and that's what we're going to do. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an FHA loan. It's 3.5% down. Uh, there's going to be closing costs. You have to prepay a year's worth of insurance, and you have to take care of the taxes. And there's prepaid for the lender, and there's lending fees and title fees. So there's a chunk of money that goes there. But it's not – it doesn't total anywhere close to 20% of what the house takes. And that's an FHA loan. There are conventional loan programs that actually do as low as 3%, 5% being more common. Hey, so, by the way, there's USDA loans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zero. Zero percent. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're a veteran, there are VA loans at zero percent. Yep. And, and there's some economic impact to that in terms of long-term things that go into your payment uh, and, and certainly want to go eyes wide open into all of that. But there are ways to... If you if you don't want to pay rent and instead you want to start building equity, which is of course what we suggest, mm-hmm. uh, there are certainly ways to get into a home that doesn't doesn't take these massive amounts of cash. Yep. Yes. Another interesting thing that happened on that was the fact, and we've been talking about this as a brokerage a lot the last couple of weeks, because this is what we would consider in the city. Yep. But. It, it is not on a, city sewer. They have a septic tank. Um, and originally for um, our buyer, we were discussing it with them, and they thought, just based off of word of mouth, they thought that that was going to be a deal breaker for them. They were really bummed about it because the house was great. Um, the yard was great for them. The price was right. Um, 
but then the septic tank just really drew them back and we said well wait a second let's do some research on it first and we'll send you a couple videos to watch um, and then I went home and Eric and I talked about it um, and then I was getting ready to send him videos and he goes okay I did my research we're good <laughs> I feel confident about the septic tank um, and so that's what happened we did a little bit more research we got it inspected and you know what all was well Awesome. Yeah, they're not, they're they're nowhere near as scary. scary Somebody here has a couple of those. As our as our <laughs> uh, as our city dwellers think, uh, I certainly when I first got into the business was pretty intimidated by them because you know I've, I'm I'm an urban guy. I'm a city guy. However, right uh, where she lives now, her entire house and a second one on some farmland, Jen runs off septic tanks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, so it's kind that, of a thing in the country. If you want to live on those big yeah. acreage properties, uh, there's not city sewer readily available there, especially in yeah. Smithville where Katie and I live, although your subdivision is on a yeah. regular city sewer. But when you have all these houses few and far in between, I mean, my closest neighbor is several acres away from me. And then from there, it's, you know, half a mile. You don't run city sewer right. to mm-hmm. each one of those homes. And so a septic tank is, or a lagoon or whatever it is, is is what your home functions off of. And let me just tell you, it's perfectly fine. So we we were looking up the stats on that, or I was anyway. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, I I first kind of you know like Eric, how do you you know how, why does this intimidate people? And I'm like, eighty uh, percent of the country doesn't run on septic tanks. Well, hang on a minute. That means twenty percent of the country does. So 20% of everybody who's out there runs off of septic tanks. And so we're, what, 300 million strong. So what is that, 60 million people run off septic tanks? So chances are, chances are we've figured that out, <laughs> right? This is not something. Well, and they've been going for a long time. My husband, as a matter of fact, back before, I mean, he was a, a cop when he did it, but his off-duty job was heavy equipment digging septic tanks i mean that's what they did or repair or replace and so he knows a ton about it which is how i've come to be way more comfortable with it and um even a funny story when i was a little kid my dad and I owned this. Well, I did was like seven or eight, but my dad owned this <laughs> rental. Well, property. At, I, I didn't own the rental. I'd say at seven but... or eight, you owned it. You yeah. just told your dad, yeah, right? Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. I, I would so we it. had a property here in Kansas City, as a matter of fact, um, over across the Walmart there on Prospect, and it had a septic system, and the lateral broke. Something came loose, and so when that happens, you know you're kind of nasty stuff is coming to mm-hmm. the surface and you realize that because it's coming to the top of your backyard and my dad's like all right we're going to dig up the laterals and you kids are coming and i'm gonna pay <laughs> you guys to dig this up so here i am about seven or eight years old digging up laterals replacing laterals right <laughs> so, and he paid me okay so, by the, la- the by the way the good. laterals aren't the 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 worst stuff Right, the laterals yeah. are diffusing, no. That's where it's diffusing come out. water. Yeah. However, it's not like it's yeah. You don't want to go swim in that water. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Let's just put it that way. No. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. They're 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 fine systems, and and uh, you know, we wouldn't have realized it was septic uh, except for they had had a modern sleeve and cap on it. Uh, so it was obvious, easy to, access. E- easy to see and easy to mm-hmm. access. Well, and hopefully you would have realized that and on the seller's disclosure. Yeah. And it was on the oh, disclosure, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you wouldn't have suspected that this neighborhood has septic tanks cause it's right. just, it's, it's right, right there. Yeah. But it's an older neighborhood. So that's kind yeah. of, and they're big mm-hmm. lots and commonplace. So, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So uh, let's 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 turn to the the dark side a little bit, Jen. I know you've always got things going on that we can talk about, but I I want to uh, let the world know that it's not always sunshine and roses for us. And some people come into this with maybe incorrect expectations. And if we uh, aren't doing a good job or if people aren't listening to the real expectations, things can turn a little bit south. So I don't want to get too negative here, but you've recently had an experience with some people listing a home that we ended up, uh, uh, they ended up, well, I think technically we ended up saying maybe <laughs> we're not the right realtor for you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that so people can sort of understand some of these expectations they should be uh, coming into with so they don't get frustrated? Yeah, super big bummer. And, you know, I think, again, that goes back to we've had this market where we've sold homes in days. And even though we talked about that up front, that the market is shifting, we are in a market shift right now. And, you know, I don't think this can sell in, in a couple of days. And I'd went to great lengths to paint, clean, have things hauled away, um, maybe all kinds of things that the traditional realtor doesn't do. Right. So th this buyer had already left, uh, this seller, seller. had already uh -huh. left town and then had said, hey, can you help me get this home prepped for sale? Which, Which again, I gratefully, I mean, yeah, we would... my heart is to say yes, and my heart is one of service. So I, I try to do anything and everything I can do to make this experience as stress-free as possible, although that's not really possible, but as, you know, little as stress as possible. And so, unfortunately, with not being able to see each other face-to-face -face and some of those things, as much as I tried to set up Zooms and tried to do the communication that I feel is, is the best for all of our buyers or sellers, I was not able to do that. And, um, at the end of the day, we ended up just saying, I want you to work with somebody that you're going to be happy with, and I don't feel like that's me. So they were primarily frustrated that the house didn't sell instantaneously, right? I mean, it didn't sell in the there first— There was some other yeah, they... things that weren't necessarily in the realtor realm right? that they were frustrated with. They had, but... they had some expectations that they didn't communicate. They— um, mm. uh, uh, and then they weren't necessarily paying attention to the communication for you. I just I sort of know some of the details, but at at some level, we've got a a, a client listing their home, uh, and then because their expectations were not clear and clearly met, uh, there was some frustration that uh, we probably weren't going to get over. And so it was smart for them to start anew. Uh, with a clean slate with, with a third agent. Yep. Yeah. And as we found out later, <laughs> I found out some other things yeah. later, which bad on me. Right. I guess yeah. I, I, um, again, my heart is service. And I, even sometimes when I am coming in on a second, uh, a listing, they've already tried. I really want to be able to change that real estate experience. My heart is to want that real estate experience to be amazing. And, you know, you can't please all the people all the time. And I know that, but, I truly want to try. Right. So <laughs> right. <laughs> when you look at this, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. And, and, and in the broad scope, right, uh, we'll take it. It's our responsibility to make sure that we're setting expectations, that we're communicating, et cetera. I, I think the reality in this particular situation is, is that uh, the challenge is that the communication wasn't reciprocated very well. Uh, but you know what? That's also part of our job. So may maybe we didn't do perfect on this one. I guess I should have done it five more times than I did. Yeah. But however, 
here's the the takeaway I want to give to you all who are listening as buyers and sellers. You have to be in a position where you're communicating with your agent. You have to trust them. You have to tell them what's going on in your head when you're frustrated, when you're upset. This is a, a challenging emotional process, both buying and selling. And if you can't do that with your agent, they can't give you what you need, right? One of the questions I ask potential clients when I'm meeting with them is uh, because they they want to talk about their house needs, which is exactly, you know, I need to know that. So we spent a lot of time talking about their house needs. And then I'll ask this question. I did this with a, a gentleman I'm hoping to be able to represent um, here shortly. And I said, what do you expect out of your realtor? And his answer was, I haven't thought about that. And so you need to think about that, communicate with that so that your realtor can meet those expectations. Really important. So, because especially within this brokerage, that is our heart. That is what we want to do. We want to serve you well. So please, if there's a way that we can, let us know what that is. Because every human is unique in what their expectations are. And we want to communicate effectively. And we want to do all of that. But maybe we can do that in a better way for you if you tell us. Yes. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you are somebody who is poor at communication, be open and honest about that as well. I know I ask clients, what is your preferred method of communication? Is it email, text message, phone call? And I have found that there are some people that know exactly what they are. I am a text message person or leave me a voicemail and I'll email you back, something like that. Some people don't really know, you know, or in the day and age that we live in, the technology age, you look at your phone and you think, okay, let me think about that and I'll get back to them. And then you forget. And then you forget. Yeah, because you're bombarded with so many other communications. Right. Yeah. Just say, hey, I need a minute to think about that. Can you follow up with me tomorrow mm -hmm. or something like that? And also, since you weren't working with this person face to face, um, phone is so much and video chat, it's just so good for things like that I believe because then they can see your heart better than through a text message or an email and so I would highly encourage clients to set that expectation with their agents of how they prefer to communicate yeah well a huge part of uh, human communication is I mean I don't want to get you know too crazy into this but I mean it's it's body language and facial expressions and mm -hmm. so uh, when we don't have those things to say nothing of tonality which we don't get in texts, right? right? And we try to make up that with emojis and smiley faces, and there are studies out there. I can't tell you how there. many smiley faces I put in my messages. Yeah, there's studies out there. Like if you <laughs> really want to show somebody you're excited, you have to do more than two exclamation points. You know, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Come on. So, uh, uh, yeah, th that's a big deal, right? Uh, is is you are probably getting yourself prepared for your house hunt, for prepping your house for sale, all of those things. Get yourself prepared to have a great experience with your realtor. So, uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, good realtors, as we try to do, uh, or great realtors, is we try to establish your communication patterns, mimic ourselves to them. And then when somebody says, I'm not really good at that, then, you know, we ask permission, say, well, what is the appropriate way to nudge you, right, when we need to get something done? And so get that permission up front. So anyway... Communication, a big key. Uh, what else is going on? Anybody else got anything really cool? Let's have everybody.
everybody go around and talk about what their most exciting thing is in their personal life because we've got a couple of people with some really big exciting things coming up that we may have dropped on this podcast previously but I, I would love to just throw that out there for our listeners to follow along and play in real just life right n- n- not necessarily not real estate is this uh-huh. what we're talking about? Oh, uh-huh. ooh. Get to, let's get to know the realtors at Dream Properties Real Estate. This is the, <laughs> new, the segment. new segment. Get to know your Dream Properties Real Estate well, realtor. Well, we usually talk yeah. about it a little bit because I talk about my horror stuff and whatnot. Yeah. But All right. So I know who we're starting with. I know. All eyes on me. Katie, what's going on yeah. in your life that you can share? So I am planning my daughter's wedding. Yeah. My baby is getting married in October, and so we are in full wedding planning mode from now until mid-October, and then... I'll do a personal crash. <laughs> <laughs> then I, then I'll be checking out for 10 days. Yeah. Are they going on a honeymoon? Um, right away? Do to you know? be decided. To be that determined. is the one thing that they asked if they could take care of themselves. I gladly said Aww. yes. Hey, and yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, please. So um, they they're thinking about waiting until the spring. No, uh, you see, I was thinking if they go out of town right away, that helps you dececompress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you should take one. Yeah, I do After agree with that. Yeah. I think I should have a post wedding vacation as a mom. <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. What's new with you? Um, I just started school again, so that's probably my most exciting thing that I've got going on. I'm a full-time student at, um, our community college here, um, and I'm actually challenging myself a little bit this semester and taking two online classes, and one of them's an accelerated, um, eight-week class instead of 16 weeks, so. Ooh, good for you. Very fun, back to school. Mm Mm-hmm. And my little brother started kindergarten, so that's exciting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, we t- we have mentioned with Becky before, you know, that she's a new realtor, and uh, I-, I just can't tell you how impressive it is uh, to to work with somebody who's this young, still going to school, but working on their profession and uh, doing really great. Right, mm-hmm. working with clients, like I say, we've been co-oping on this deal, and it's just fantastic. So, um, you know, one of one of the things we really have dedicated ourselves is to to put ourselves in a position to help train great agents and to have somebody like you, Becky, who's who's young and still you know tackling it. I just I think to myself, had I like you know started thinking about actually being a professional at your age, I would own the world right now. So <laughs> I expect you to. Uh, I expect you to. Be, I don't own the world, by the way. I, I expect you to like be president when you grow up. So. Oh, I hear that, but I don't aspire to that job. Yeah, yeah, no. tough yeah. job. But. All right, Jen, what's what's going on in your life that's exciting? I went to the Missouri State Fair, did mm-hmm. fairly well. Actually, uh, I believe led my class for two of the three stages, but then my gun jammed on the third stage. Uh. But my horse and I have been doing really well together, so I'm super excited for the rest of the season to see if I can win my first buckle because that's really what I want to do. Woo! I know my daughter has four. She's quick to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) I have four buckles and my mom has none. (laughs) And if you're in the horse or the rodeo or any of the things world, you know that buckles are all the rage. So um, very exciting stuff. I'm close. I'm closer than I've ever been. 
And that is really exciting for me to be kind of clicking with my horse. Oh, and we almost have in our other pasture for a possible another horse, which my husband has kind of come around to. So if he's really? listen, he's listening Ooh. to this, he's like, shut up. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Yeah. Well, I don't know that there's anything too terribly exciting going on in my world. Uh, but but I will say, for those of you who don't know, is I'm a big Jeep Wrangler guy. I really like that. So we, uh, we did some... Uh, some modifications and some purchases to allow us to uh, essentially go topless at the snap of a finger. Uh, of course, that's the Jeep, not me. And, uh, and, and so uh, just kind of playing around with the Jeep. The weather is finally going to break where we can get out and have the, you know, I mean, it's too hot, to be honest, to, to mm-hmm. not, you know. For, for an old man like myself. So we're really excited for September and all the changes we've made so I can get the top on and off and, and uh, uh, all of that real quick and easy. So just kind of having some fun jeeping. Jeeping. It's a, it's a Jeep thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I ain't going around. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. Another great episode of Get Real KC. That's what's going on in the KC market and a little bit behind the curtain of what's going on in our own professional and a little bit of personal lives. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, Visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com, where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.